Inside every man, there is a devil. By order of the Peaky Blinders, welcome into our spoiler-free podcast, breaking down every single episode of the 1920s family gang drama on Netflix and BBC. I'm your host, Daniel Gilman. And I'm Josh Levy. This is episode five of the third season. We entered the madhouse, Daniel. It is a bloody madhouse, according to our buddy, the spy, Stefan. And this episode was uh, quite the setup, quite the penultimate I think this might have been the most fun I've had watching Peaky Blinders ever. Because there was no Father Hughes. <laughs> there was no stress. Enough. You're never really worried about any of your characters really dying at any part. You get to see Grace for a second. We are just, uh, we're rolling along here in our rewatch of season three. Go ahead and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Peaky Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at By Order of Peaky. Click subscribe. Make sure to go ahead and, uh, Give us a little rating. If you think we're a five-star podcast, give us five. If you think we're a four, if you think we're a one, tell us why and uh, and give your comments and your rating. And then you could send us feedback via email at bootpeakyblinders at gmail.com or on social media like our boy Rob did, who uh, sent us a message a few days ago saying, Hi, boys. I came across your podcast by accident, much like I came across Peaky Blinders, which I think is a common theme. Rob says he's a podcaster himself, and he knows the time and energy it takes to put together a show, so he wants to thank you guys for putting together a podcast that allows him to recap the episode as he binges. He said he's on season one, episode four of the cast, and season three, episode two, after that sad moment, very unexpected. So Rob, thanks for the message, and uh, Josh, maybe he'll, he'll hear this in a few weeks when he finally gets up to season three. Yeah, he's he's for sure gonna gonna going to get rolling once he kind of hits season two and can't stop once he gets addicted and sees what's uh what's about to come especially when he starts season three. Ooh, this 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 season is just this is the best season for a reason it's it's really good i i also like that uh we've got some twitter followers and twitter action with carol and claire and claire loves to listen to us while she runs she said she almost fell over when i gave her a shout out and she's happy to hear all the recaps. <laughs> so we thank Carol, we thank Claire, we thank Judy, we thank Christine. We got so many people that are constantly uh, interacting with us. So we thank all of you guys. And if any of you guys that aren't those people's names want to join our, uh, our, I don't know, loyal peaky heads, just send us a message, email us, or, uh, or comment on us. And so, Josh, this was, uh, this was the episode for music. And music fans were all about this episode let me get the description out of the way, and then you can run through your favorite songs, and then we can kind of tie the this the scenes with the songs. I think that's how I want to organize this episode. It starts off realizing he's been outmaneuvered by the Russians. Tommy seeks help from a former business partner. Polly's new friendship becomes something more. Boom, David Bowie right off the bat. This song was is I told you is my favorite song in all five seasons seasons of the show. Uh, Lazarus by David Bowie and you know Lazarus means like to rise from the dead basically and we hit Tommy Shelby you know in the hospital we can't really tell if it's a dream if it's a flashback of him in the hospital or if it, if it's like an opium dream like you really there is no you know certainty on that it's very very not clear but it's a very intense scene of Tommy strapped to that hospital bed with the contraption you know, bolted around his head. He has half of his head shaved because of the of the surgery that had to be performed after his hemorrhage following what Father Hughes and his 
idiot soldiers who almost bash his head to killing him. And Lazarus is playing in the background by David Bowie. And this is a, a very recent David Bowie song, you know, right before he passed away. So it's, and it, it was incredible. I, when, when I looked at, when I saw the song and looked it up, I had no idea that it was so recently made because it was good old fashioned David Bowie, like, like good as new when he was younger. So the song has some crazy lyrics, like when Tommy's hitting opium and he's, and David Bowie says, I'm so high, it makes my brain whirl. And it, it's like a kind of like a, a metaphorical callback to, to, to Tommy's whole entire life, basically. Like his brain is always whirling of different kind of PTSD flashbacks. So this song set the tone right away for this episode. Yep. It, so Tommy was not in good shape. I, I wrote down he looked like he was a recovering meth addict, which is not too far when off. They, like zoomed in, right. When they zoomed in on his face when he was strapped in and he had like those red bags under his eyes, oh, it was, you're right. Yeah. And it's not too far off because then we see him smoking the Ope and more Tunneler War flashbacks, which is our first. I, this is, I believe, our first war flashback since we like really had Grace involved in because then Tommy didn't have nightmares anymore once Grace became a uh, a focal point of his life. And then we go forward to a, another big storyline where Michael reveals that he was abused when he was with the Holy Fathers in their care at the parish, tells Tommy that he wants to shoot him himself. Just teach him how to shoot. And Tommy says, it's easy, Michael. Point, pull the trigger. And at the very end of the episode... Polly goes to snoop in and finds the bullet and curses and threatens Tommy that if if he lets Michael get get away with this and lets Michael do this, then she will bring down the entire organization. So what'd you think about that threat? Insane because when I was watching that scene, I and when Tommy reveals what the priest did to Michael, Polly looks so upset and like petrified and mortified over what happened that I thought she was going to be perfectly okay with Michael getting revenge on the priest, just like she got revenge herself. So I thought it was a little hypocritical of her. No, I think she is so scarred from that. She doesn't want that to happen to Michael. And then at the same time, I kind of thought what you were thinking, but then I realized she's no, she is upset at herself that she let her son and daughter get taken away. And she probably blames herself. Maybe if anything, she wants to kill the priest, but she says, you know, Arthur can kill him. It's not a big deal. And then we can start talking about Arthur because Arthur has a real, uh, conscientious episode he really gets to dig deep you know they're planning on moving across the sea across the pond and starting to you know a mission and all that stuff and arthur has a tough one here he's still getting over obviously all of these murders that he has to commit and and now he's got to cheat on his wife like multiple times in front of his brothers he even takes off his wedding ring and i don't know if he's wearing it at the end when they're all peeing this was this was a tough episode for for arthur he's my loser he, it's a great, great loser because he has to make so many decisions and he has so many internal moral dilemmas and there's so much mention of his, you know, devotion towards his new God, as Alfie says, which, you know, leads into what I think is, you and I both agree, is like probably Alfie's best scene. Shalom, Arthur, shalom. Shalom, shalom Arthur, shalom. And it's funny because he calls him Arthur, Arthur. <laughs> But and he is trying the shit out of Arthur and trying to get him to see if he'll snap, you know, basically telling him that he's weak without, you know, he has God and Tommy, he's telling Tommy, like, you, you don't have it. This isn't it. And Arthur snaps back at Alfie and he, he says, you finally have the finished article. It was just a, it was just a great, great Alfie scene. And Arthur got like a, like verbally abused by Arthur man like he's just taking shot after shot after shot but it was a it was trying his his you know his his new restraint which which has been working out for him 
All right, so let's get to that. What happens is Tommy has a plan. They move up three months. He's done with the morphine. He's tired of seeing his uh, his head servant reading the Bible naked by his bed. So she was reading. Yeah, she was reading the book of Leviticus naked, plain as day. And so he he takes Johnny Dogs out of heaven back into the real world, and he's going to have Johnny Dogs and a lot of the other uh, Lee boys and all that kind of build camp up a hundred yards from the Duchess's palace where he buys the land. And here's my Johnny Dogs line of the episode. He goes, I take it uh, a lot of this money is to do with not asking questions, Tommy. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows that he doesn't need to know any about that. And then at the end, we see all the clay kickers that get involved in it. And so part of Tommy's plan is to come back home. And then there's a great scene where Mary's like, there's people here to see you. Tommy's like, who? She goes, well, your brothers are here. And someone who keeps proclaiming himself to be the wandering Jew. And I just I was like, oh, the wandering Jew, just just hilarious. And I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Alfie and it has like eczema now, like severe eczema. Yeah, I don't know if that's new or if or if they're just trying to more prominently show whether he has eczema. Also, with the passage of time, right? Or I don't really know. When I was watching, I kind of thought it was I thought it was a scar from like a burn or something. I just couldn't tell. So did I. I- I was confused, and they don't ever mention it, so it's like another thing that Stephen Knight throws in there yeah. that only some people are gonna get. It's kind of crazy that you know he 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 wants to separate you know the good peaky heads from the great to see if they'll that's pick true. that up. But that's it's a it's a it's a wonderful scene, and I love when Arthur you know snaps back at him because and when when Alfie tells him you know I, I've I've heard you found Jesus, and he's like, but I've heard you're useless with it. He's like, and but one of the one of the best thing he says is every man craves certainty. I just thought it was so smart and witty by Alfie, and Arthur just stares at him and he goes, "I'm Old Testament." Yes, <laughs> and that's what, and that's when Alfie goes, "Fucking hell, look at that!" He goes, now "That that scares me more." Yeah, congratulations, Toby. You now have to finish article right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, this 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 was a big right. Yeah, yeah right. right, for yeah. right yeah, Shalom. Yeah. Shalom. So that was a a phenomenal uh, job by by Alfie, which Tommy's gonna take him into the into the uh, treasury to pick out what they want for their for their to to amount as, as a part of the deal with. You know Isabella and the and the Grand Duke. Yep, and so this is going to start a line of we can just we can put together our favorite quotes from this conversation because Alfie says that Tommy's, you know, he has all these rumors about him swirling around in London that his head is a smashed vase stuffed back together by a horse. A vase. <laughs> Word in London is that you can you can be found wandering Birmingham, stark naked, handing away money. And then the best one is the one that kind of tails it, tears it back into this conversation. He goes, he goes, also, you believe that you are powerful enough to summon up Jews of a particular standing up to the Gentile wilderness of which you'd live to do your bidding. I don't even, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense, but it sounds so great. <laughs> He's basically saying, like, you believe you're so powerful enough that all you need to do is say, Alfie, come, come, come hither to the Gentile, which means non-Jewish, right. and of of where he lives, and then he kind of puts it all together. He's like, "Ah, oh, fuck, you fucking around with the Russians, aren't you? You silly boy!" And he calls him a silly boy. It's yeah, it, it's he has so many different ways of dropping his you know zingers, and he and he tells him so many people have told Tommy, you know, you shouldn't be fucking with the Russians. Arthur first, 
Alfie too, so he's kind of sensical in a way. He is really smart at the end of the day. He is a brilliant man, and he's just crazy too. And when he was in the treasury picking out the jewelry, and the Grand Duke interrupts him, and he's like, he's like, I wasn't fucking talking to you. He's like, I wasn't talking to you. He's like, I come here to do my business, and you keep interrupting me. Like it's just so funny, and the Grand Duke does not does not talk the rest of the time. It's awesome, and and he goes, he goes, yeah. I'm guessing all of the bad ideas are you, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's 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 funny as hell. Yeah, Alfie kills this episode. He he absolutely murders it. And then they find out he speaks Russian. He kind of is like like don't you know I'm I'm a big dick too. And he says, yeah, I do, cause of me mom, yeah, me mother. And he tells them that they hunted her mother down with dogs through the snow. And he goes, yeah. But today, Raw, it's for forgiveness, isn't it? <laughs> for selection. So now. And Write he, like, it looks, down, Josh. He, like, yeah, and he like, looks at the jewelry. He's like, hello, Raw. And he goes, I th- and he, starts, he, starts, he starts going through the prices. 1500 And she goes, no. And he's like, 1800 And she's like, that's, that's good. And he's like, that is very gracious of you. It's like seeing his way of negotiating and like smooth talking is just, is just phenomenal. Okay, so before we jump too much into that, let's see what Tommy's plan is. So his plan that he formulated in the hospital is that he figured out that these Georgians, these exiled Russians are just not going to pay him. In fact, we find out they're planning on killing him according to their spy. So Alfie is going to help him see what's in the treasury and John, Arthur, and Tommy are going to show up at this big party at the castle, at the estate, and basically uh, work out this deal with them. And I think they're going to try to figure out how much they could steal, where exactly the Fabergé eggs are laid, all that stuff. And it's just the whole scene is great. They're walking in, and they see all the soldiers, and they're spitting on them. And the inspection scene with Isabella and... Tatiana kind of having their own fun and they're only half joking. And then John's like, Tom's like, just remember, they are fucking insane and dangerous and drunk on stuff we've never even heard of. And Tatiana comes out and she goes, how's the car? Tommy's like, I think I'm in love with it. Tatiana's like, me as well yours. I think we should keep what we love. Yeah, and that was another jab at Grace. It's just like she doesn't hold back from jabbing at Grace. And she always, she mentions her later on when Tommy and her, you know, get it on and they're, disturbing way and it gets under Tommy's skin she knows how to get under his skin and she talks about you know finding his weakness and Grace is you know talking about Grace is definitely his weakness so far so she she knows Tommy making the strip search sound normal is the biggest the biggest comedic relief that Thomas Shelby's maybe ever had and he's like he's, he's just basically walking through it like yeah you know they did it with me I didn't realize they were doing it at the time so just get naked and Arthur's like check our skin and he goes, nah, 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 nah. And made in fucking Birmingham when he drops his drawers and he lays it all out. And John is fucking hilarious. It's kind of similar to when John tells Tommy that the, the wives have gone on strike. Yes. And he's like, they've got a fucking strike. Last episode, he's like, oh, I think your face is like a fucking picture. <laughs> it's, he's, he's really good. The actor, Joe Cool, is just good at playing like a giddy, drunk or yeah. sober John. It's great. And... Yeah, he does a phenomenal job, and Tatiana starts, you know, playing around with uh, this junk, his package. Yep, well, first his, his buttons rip off, and she goes, we'll have right. we'll have those sewn on, and oh, did they have them fucking sewn on. Yes, they did, and it, indeed they did, and when she says, sometimes the men, they hide the allegiances behind their balls, <laughs> and she just, oh, she goes behind, and Arthur's starting to like it, and she doesn't, she's not bashful about, you know, 
playing with his package. And when she walks out the door, he like stares at her like he had seen like like just like God like 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 he he was in heaven or something. He was like, oh my God, who is that woman? Well, I mean, she was like stroking his his junk because no, he was he was. Well, go ahead. When she walked out the room, he was like. His, like he was like drooling. Yeah, I mean, she gave him like a pretty pretty decent handy, and then at the end, she's talking to John Tommy, and she's like, "Tommy, were you jealous when I held him? Did you want to kill me? Did you want to kill him?" And Tommy says, "Why do you play games, Tatiana?" And she says, "In Russia, because we were bored. In England, because we don't know how to stop." And then she says, "At least they are silly games and orgasms." And boom, we saw something that was not just a silly game when Tatiana and Tommy got down to business. And Tommy got to see the whole, oh, the holy grace. It reminded me of, I mean, I don't know if any of you, any of you guys watched Mindhunter, but the BTK killer with like the sexual asphyxiation, like wanting to get choked while it's like some weird asphyxiation that people have. And Tatiana like is like chokes the shit out of him because she talks about, you know, in Russia, blah, 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 blah. This whole Russian thing about how yep, it was, a, it, it's, it's a priest where women who lost their husbands or their husbands are in war, yes, they'll do it. And it's just a nice little you know, ploy for the priest to have sex with everyone. That's what it sounds to me. Right, and what was crazy is that Tommy had like an out-of-body experience while that yeah, was going did. on. And the music, Josh. Of, right, and, and, and the music was insane. That leads us to our next epic song, Darker Than, Darker, is it Darker Than You, Darker Than Her. Oh, You Want It Darker by, by Leonard Cohen. And very famous song. Very, very dark song. His voice is super deep. It reminds me. It, it reminded me of the True Detective like opening, like in one of yep. the seasons. I don't really re- remember what. I think it was the first one, but it reminded me of it. And it was super dark as this is going on. He's having this out of body experience. He sees Grace. He's having sex with Grace, and then all of a sudden we go we go back to real time, and he has to grab the tie off his neck because he's about to be choked out. And it was intense. The scene where he sees Grace through the reflection of the window and then it turns into Tatiana, mind-blowing. And I mean, this My, this insane. song has been played so many times and I'm going and you have to scroll for literally ever. And he did have the, he did perform this on True Detective and he's done it on Peaky Blinders. Wait, did most, he actually perform yeah. it on True Detective? Yeah. Now it makes sense. Of course, okay, I definitely heard it. Josh, he's performed in 15 episodes of True Detective. Wow. That that pretty much means he was the opener, right? That's that's that he was the theme oh, song. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Now it makes yeah. sense because his voice sounds just right. like it, but he, he's always in that that very heavy, dark. Yep. You know, Leonard Cohen music. and yeah. and and to tie it all together for you, uh, Game of Thrones fans, if you watch the documentary The Final Watch on HBO, he was used a lot and this song was even in that and I was and I connected right away and it's a great it's like if you are the dealer, let me out of the game. Yeah, it's it's just it's very significant. It's funny cuz Stephen Knight has a way of making the song lyrics of that he plays have meanings to the plots. And it's kind of going on with like Tommy and the Russians and the underlying like He's, he's in this giant game. Yep, and Tatiana says, I've opened up another treasury for you, which brings us to that treasury scene when, you know, Arthur and, and John are having fun up top, you know, fucking the whores, the greatest whores, and, and Arthur takes off his ring. But Alfie's like, I think I, may t- I might choose to stay there, stay here and starve to death. And starve and choke on fucking sapphires. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they finally settle on the Fabergé egg as uh, as Alfie calls Mr. Uh, Romanoff uh, Rumpelstiltskin. I thought that was great. As they spot the paste on the jewelry and says, 
I would kill. I would or cut 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 the cut the balls off if I found someone doing this to me. Yeah, he's so great in that scene, and when he gets the Fabergé egg. And he's like, yeah, he's like, that does indeed break the selection to 70,000 pounds. <laughs> so like, all right, we're good to go. Which means the Fabergé egg was worth 40K, which is pretty wild. Yeah, the thing, the thing is wild. And I mean, I don't know about Fabergé eggs, but it does look like it's a hefty piece of, uh, of jewelry. That Tatiana snuck in. There's she only one way. Through her snatch. <laughs> yeah. And so as we, as we say goodbye to the orgy sponsored by Stoli... We have two Jesus. two other pretty solid plots going on, and that's just the, the minor one with Michael, who is organizing the abortion for Charlotte, who doesn't want anyone to know that she's pregnant. And and Arthur has a deep scene here, too, where he's describing how the little boy will come, and they don't even have to go to the, 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 the doctor's office. They just drink and have fun, and then he comes back, and he's wearing a new pair of shoes, and he says, it's done. And Johnny talks... Johnny Tog says, Arthur, if you keep going on like this with the Apaches, they're going to fucking scalp you. <laughs> Johnny talks, man. He just tells it how it is. And Arthur, Arthur doesn't seem too hyped about, you know, Linda's, you know, plan and grand scheme of things. It doesn't seem like he really wants to leave. Uh, I disagree. I think he doesn't want to be there anymore. I, I think he's I done. think he wants out of the life, but I don't know if he wants to just go to America and be a missionary. So... But it was funny. It oh, was, yeah. it was well, a funny line. But and we we also have the minor plot of Polly and Ruben, which you know I just oh your favorite. I hate that that plot. It has it's just boring. I like I I don't care for it at all. And it's just weird for me. You know I understand she has the painting and she wants to name the painting. Fuck them all. Yeah. So 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 before we get to that, the, the, just the one scene leading into it is Michael and Polly having Ada sign all the, the official forms to have her move to Boston. But Michael's freaking out, constantly asking to talk on the phone and then eventually calling the doctor's office to set up the appointment. And Polly's kind of talking to Ada about Ruben and saying that she tells Ruben a lot of stuff. So Polly, so Ada better not let slip that he's a thing. And then Polly goes, you know what? Why should the boys have all the fun? And they have sex. And Polly has some flashbacks to Campbell. So it wasn't all great, but eventually she tells Ruben about Campbell, and that's about it from that from that scene. You're right; it's it's right. a big throwaway it, sequence, it, but it's good right. for Polly. Right, it is good for Polly. She's getting over that Campbell hump. She was a uh, almost my winner uh, of this episode until I saw you know the end where she had to learn that Michael wants to kill Hughes, and she had a further reminder of all that. So she oh. was uh, she was my honorable mention for my winner for just getting over the Campbell hump, but still just don't love that scene in general and. One thing that we didn't mention from that party was the undercover spy Stefan, for who is who's a fucking peaky boy who's getting his pub done up in Nietzsche's and he's in the madhouse, man. He's a fucking madhouse. It's a fucking madhouse, John. All these people are just yeah. Someone someone asked yeah, him to suck his dick, and John's like, how much? How much yeah, does that cost? Really, <laughs> just this poor guy just doesn't expect to be thrown into this giant, you know, orgy, and just that that was just wild, but. Those were yeah, going back to that Polly Polly plot line and the, the the Michael and Charlotte plot line. Those were the two minor plot lines of the episode. Yep, one more tiny piece in the beginning is the fact that they're working with that Russian kid, the younger man who helped Tommy translate to the older guy last at the very end of last episode. They're going to work with him and actually take out all of the firing pins of the guns so that the Russians won't have to blow up the the train. Because once once the Georgians get the guns, they won't be able to fire anyway, so there's no need. So that's a tiny little thing. And uh, and then it ends with them meeting Private Letso, an old war buddy, 
and the six. The six and Tommy left out of the 50 of the Tipton Clay Kickers as we meet all the tunnelers. They they all talk to each other. Charlie's worried that they're going to clean him out. And Curly's like, should I... Should I should I get him tea? <laughs> Curly, Curly's so funny, and it's nice to always see more insight to Tommy and the war. And this is the best tunneler he knows, and he has a pretty big job in front of him to secure the jewelry without, uh, you know, leaving a trace, basically. So now, as we take a look at the winners and losers, Josh, who's your winner? My winner is Tommy Shelby because he didn't freaking die. And is recovering very well from his brain hemorrhage. I thought that was going to be the end of him. The way that he's operating business and surviving after what happens. We saw him at the beginning of the episode with that brutal surgery. It seemed like he was just going through a lot. It took him three months to basically recover. It seems a giant loop in time. And it seems like, you know, he has a very good plan in place. He's very confident with his plan. And I'm hoping that it uh, goes well for him. So he's my winner in this episode. It takes a big man. It takes a strong man to quit morphine when you have a lot of it, especially for someone already addicted to an opioid. So that was a big movement. And then, I I mean, there's no way that being suffocated while having sex is safe because you could just die. It can't be even safer three, four months removed from major brain surgery. Definitely not uh, what the doctor would recommend for Tommy Shelby. But, you know, Tommy Shelby is immune to doctor's orders, uh, apparently. And he's, he's firing on all cylinders still. And he got glasses. All right, my winner... Wants to bathe and starve in sapphires. Hog Samea to Alfie Solomons. Happy New Year. Hogsamea. And hey. you are the winner of this episode. This was the episode that propelled him into elite status in all-time TV show characters on Daniel Gilman's list. And I don't really have to say too much more. He just fucking dominated. He, he did. He and dominated. Arthur, Arthur shit the bed. In the same way that Alfie killed this episode, I just my heartstrings were pulled for Arthur Shelby here in this episode. Also, I just I just can't feel like he it just feels like bad things are gonna happen to Arthur. You know what I mean? There's no way he's gonna ride off into the sunset in a happy ending. We do got some bad vibes with with, with Arthur from this scene. He's very, you know, somber and soft and sad the whole time, you know, that still face that he has where he has that pouty look. It was a lot of that this episode. Yep. Who's your loser? My loser is gonna be Stefan, as we just mentioned. The guy was oh, in the poor fucking guy. madhouse. Poor guy probably some regular guy who hangs out at the pub in Birmingham and he's subjected to this. He just happens to speak Russian. Yeah. He's just subjected to this absolute debauchery. He's getting hit on by dudes. He's like, probably thinks that he like, if he doesn't do what some of these guys say that he's going to get killed because they're powerful people from different places. And it was just disturbing for him. And I felt bad for him. And he just had to be there the whole night because the Peaky Blinders said so. And John said, you know, we're doing your pub. If you don't do this, then you won't have your pub done up. So there's really no choice for this guy, and it's a kind of reality of more commoners that live in Birmingham. Do you have any nitpicks? Because I just have one. I know you mentioned you actually did mention one little nitpick from earlier, but that was about it. What was the uh, the nitpick? Oh, the uh, clarity about the about the uh, injury or the uh, doctor scene. No, that's actually my biggest nitpick. But you said something previously that I don't remember what it was. I don't remember. Well, if if you remember, just remind me. Because besides the doctor opening, which you have as well, like the non-clarity of whether or not that was a real thing or if it was a flashback or, like, you know, a drug kind of vision. So for those that don't remember, Ada is actually talking to the doctor in the very opening scene when Tommy is laying there, and Ada says, you have to be careful with him. He just dealt with a a tunnel collapse. And we're like, what? 
So I'm thinking one of two things. It's a flashback to when he actually did deal with a tunnel collapse. It's actually one of three things. That, the second option, is the most realistic one for me. And it's that Ada doesn't want to say, Tommy got beat up by a priest, a part of Section D, a, a private economic society, and he's nearly dying. She just lied about him being dealt in a, in a tunnel collapse because I'm sure he's got a lot of the same symptoms. Or C is the fact that she just wants the doctors to be aware that he was in a tunnel accident. So maybe he is like PTSD filled or different things like that. And they want the doctor and she wants the doctor to know that at one point in his life he was dealt into a traumatic incident like that. So those are the three options. That's what I thought. I thought it was C, but I don't know because it's so trippy and like Lazarus is playing and it just it, it's very easily could be a flashback. I don't know. It was trippy, but that was my nitpick. All right, so it's time to jump into a new segment we have. We don't spend too much time on it, but we like to uh, take one or two elements from each episode now that we're jumping in and talk about how it impacts season four, season five, maybe the future of the of the Peaky Blinders universe. So if you guys have not seen all the way live, if you are not caught up and you do not want to be spoiled, it might be minor things. We're not really spoiling major things. But minor things like this episode, we're going to talk about Tommy's glasses. So feel free to press pause, get out of here, stop it. Josh and I are going to give you about 15, 20 seconds. I'm not really sure what we can talk about. I know you guys don't uh, – no one really cares about fantasy football, but I'm happy that my fantasy team is winning currently as we record on Sunday night. I'm in a tight race with uh, with our friend Daniel. You know who I'm talking about. Are you winning or losing? I'm up, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a oh, close boy. One. oh, boy. All right, let's jump into Grace's Secrets. Hopefully everyone that's listening – has been caught up, and this episode was really interesting because there were two big things that really jumped out to me about Tommy, and one of them was his glasses, and I just thought it was interesting that he looks very political with his glasses, and I, at first I was like, oh, it's starting season four and five. Is it really just uh, is it really just Tommy wearing glasses to look smart? And then you realize, no, it's because of this sequence, and Alfie has a man that can give Tommy glasses that can help him see into the future, which Alfie then expands into Josh as talking about how he can see the future in this episode 3.5 and then what he does in four what is it 5.6 the season finale of episode five he basically tells into the future when he's near you know near death after being shot by Tommy and he says you know the Tommy's he sees Tommy with a gun and a black horse and that's what happens at the season finale final scene it's so crazy because there's some elements of like gypsy magic in the show, and you know, Polly can actually see, you know, when 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 women are pregnant and what when what you know gender the baby is. So it's like, it's like the 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 seeing into the future. Obviously, Alfie can't actually see into the future, and he talks about how he's like, I've already seen it all. I've already seen it all happen, and it makes you think like, you know. Did Alfie know that it, this whole entire story was going to go like this? That he was going to get shot in the eye like that? That, you know, Tommy... He, I mean, he, he backstabbed Tommy so many times. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. And it's it's Game of thrones to the max that Stephen Knight does this coming full circle. It's like in season one of Game of Thrones, when Ned Stark is leaving Winterfell and tells John, he goes, he's like, do you, he goes, does my mother care about me? Like, does she know who I am or really care or, or care if I exist? And Ned Stark says, I'll tell you about your mother when I come back. I promise. No, the next time I see you. Right. The next time I see you, I'll tell you about your 
your mother, I promise. And like you're watching and you're like, okay, that means nothing. Like whatever, he's just selling. And then when you watch and you watch it on your rewatch, you're like, oh my Season God, eight. like hindsight goggles, it's insane. So when you're, it's the same thing here when watching Alfie Solomon's and the hindsight goggles, like he tells it all like in front, th- two seasons in the past. He's really tells Tommy, you know, but you're fucking about the Russians. You know, I, I can see the future. And so it's kind of foreshadowing in a way. He's so right about Arthur being a mad dog off of his right. leash. And Arthur then saying that he the devil is in his hands when he kills the Quaker, nearly kills the Quaker. It's just very spooky. And I just am very excited. I'm just really excited to get to the season three finale because I haven't seen it in a while. And I know a oh, bunch of crazy shit's going to happen. And oh, I know oh, we're going to lose. It's going to be wild. We're gonna lose our boy Charlie for a little bit, and and that Tommy's going full, full fucking crazy mode. The the tunnel ex uh, being the the tunnel pr- uh, procedure being expedited. All oh, the one like, second between the news relaying and Finn pressing the button, right? That's that was that was top three moments of Peaky Blinder. Of like, oh no, no! Like, imagine having to wait that long. For the next season, typical Game of Thrones kind of scene too. It's yeah, a hundred percent, and it's going to be a great recap, and we're we're excited to break it down for you guys. Yep, keep an eye out for three point six. We're also going to be recording the season three recap for those of you who can't get cannot get enough, and recommend to your friends. Obviously, for those that don't want to listen to every single episode, that's what we're doing the season recaps for. So go ahead, rate us four star, five star, two star, whatever you think we deserve. Press those ratings. We I could use a little bit. A little bit more of an ego boost on the rating and, and the review system right now. So go like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Peaky Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at By Order of Peaky and send us some emails. Any feedback, anything you want to be talked about in Grace's Secrets for the Season 3 recap or finale episode, we will talk about it. Any questions you have about the Russians, about the exiled Russians, email us at blinders at gmail.com. Wrapping up Season 3, Episode 5. He's Josh, I'm Daniel, and we binge so you don't have to. We are never coming back Across the square, across the bridge Across the mills, past the stacks On a gathering storm Comes a tall, handsome man In a dusty black coat With a red right hand